this is Reaching the Finish Line. And I'm your host, Callan Dix. Check out the website, www.reachingthefinishline.com. And pick up my free report. Save up to 75% what they don't want you to know. ReachingTheFinishLine.com And welcome. Today, I am delighted to have back Laurel Langmeyer. Um, perhaps you have seen her on the hit movie, self-help movie, The Secret. Uh, she's also a New York Times uh, bestselling author and was very privileged to interview her last year. You know, she, she's worked with people like Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, you know, she has an extensive real estate portfolio, and she's doing great things in the entrepreneurial sphere. Very happy to have her back on. Laurel, welcome back. Thank you. It's great to be back. Great. It definitely is. So the last time we talked, Laura, we talk, kind of talked about your childhood and kind of how you discover entrepreneurship. And we did talk a little bit about business. I definitely want to take this episode to talk about not being afraid to ask, specifically mm-hmm. ask for cash. And oftentimes, I think a lot of people, they have that fear, you know, uh, you know especially uh, as their product offerings increase. You know, it's one thing to offer a product for $15 like a book and it's another thing to uh you know asking for people to invest in your business like $25,000 and uh definitely uh want to get into that you know why do you think Laurel that uh I mean besides the reason that I have named uh why do you think that uh many people are afraid to ask for cash well, I think, first of all, no one's training people, right? So we're trained still in this, you know, Warden June Cleaver occupational old-fashioned 60s education, and that's a nation, that's a worldwide problem, really. So from the education standpoint, no one's teaching not only life skills, but just, you know, business skills. You know, uh, schools and the education is designed to teach people how to get a job, not to be an entrepreneur. So all that being said, the greatest skills of an entrepreneur is marketing, sales, cash flow, leadership. And unless you really get, you know, trained out of the, you know, what I call the educational norm system, even the entrepreneurial colleges don't teach anything that entrepreneurs need to know. I mean, there are a bunch of, you know, there, there might be a few, but really uh, who's teaching at the entrepreneurial college, you know, levels are people that used to do business development and business administration training, not pure-blooded entrepreneurs like us. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, asking for the cash, if you really like, get down to what it is in its most practical form, it's it's a sale. Mm. You know, it's asking for sales. And, you know, I want to go into, you know, in our conversation today, the whole psychology behind why I think people don't ask, which is they don't they haven't been trained. They don't think they deserve it. They um, they don't correlate it to service. Mm-hmm. So I correlate the sale to serving someone's life. Mm-hmm. And when you reorient your brain and your thinking to that. Um, you know, one of the things, Callan, I tell a lot of people, I said, you know, your checkbook is a direct reflection of the amount of people you serve. Uh-huh. And they'll look at me and say, what do you mean how many people I serve? I said, well, you know, if you've served a lot of people, you've made a lot of sales. Uh-huh. And uh, I think, you know, what I want our, you know, the listeners to really get their head around is selling is not a negative four letter word. Uh-huh. You know, it, it's like you know, when people, you know, buy into my, the education that I provide to people or, you know, they, they you know, hire me to mentor them or coach them. I mean, I'm serving their life. I'm helping them see tax strategies they've never seen before, investment opportunities they've never seen before. Um, so I'm not selling them. I'm serving them. So when you come from that perspective 
I think you can get much more direct about how can I help you and mm-hmm. ask for the money. And you, if you do it for, and I love that you brought up the secret earlier, because if you do it for free, then you're in a charity model, which is fine to give charity, but your business isn't charity. Your business is to have cash flow. Mm-hmm. So I also think people have that all collapse. So I know those were like 19 answers in one big answer. So <laughs> we stop. We should probably dissect it now. For sure, definitely. You know, I definitely want to do a quick detour. You know, nowadays, you know, we just recently came off of election and uh, kind of between the last uh, 18 months, you know, there's been a lot of emotions, a lot of people uh, happy, angry, people that fall in the middle. And kind of to what you say, you know, some people will say, well, well, education should be free. You know, what would you say to that? You know, that, that you know, because you know, really, uh, you know, I, you know, it's kind of a complex topic, but I have seen it work. You know, uh, episode seventeen, I interviewed uh, Shai Reshef. Uh, he's the president and the founder of University of the People. It's actually one of the uh, first tuition-free uh, American universities that's kind of based on a nonprofit model, which actually doesn't affect taxpayers. But what would you say to the people that say, well, you know, you know, well, you know, people, you know, all these people selling stuff, you know, well, you know, education should be free. You know, do you agree? I mean, I mean, well, I know you don't agree with that, but I, I'm I curious to hear your take all on that. that. <laughs> I don't agree. All. Well, first of all, uh, then if education is free, how do the very educators actually make a living and have a life? Mm. Who's paying for it? Mm-hmm. Right. So they're just going to do it all for free. Like I have amazing. Knowledge. So here's where I think spiritually is the complete. I, I would I would love to have a debate with that guy um, because I would take it to a spiritual level, which what I did in the secret and I do with all my students who have a real hard time with the pay model mm-hmm. is if you were given like amazing gifts from God and I've been given an amazing brain and a spirit to, to, to uh, impart this information Indeed. and it comes to me and it comes through me. It's why I write best-selling books over and over and over because the more I give, the more I get mm-hmm. from a spiritual standpoint as far as the content, the download from the universe, I'll call it, God, whoever you want to call it, mm-hmm. it comes all the time. Why it doesn't come to a lot of people is because they're selfish and they're sitting by themselves mm-hmm. and they want everything for free. And the truth is, I think that there, if, if you don't, put, there's got to be some commitment. Like if it was just all for free, then there's no um, energy motivation to get a return on the investment because there was no investment. Mm-hmm. And you can say, oh, well, they gave their time. Yeah, but for what? Mm-hmm. Like, where's the capitalist model of it coming around? So I think if you actually do it all for free, and I give a lot to charity. Last year, I did over $1.2 million in scholarships mm-hmm. to teenage kids. Mm-hmm. Yes, their parents had to pay, but their kids come free and their kids never pay. Mm-hmm. So I hinged my give model to my pay model but, but I need the parents to be serious about it and I need them to show up and I need them to do the work and I need them to change their life and, uh, you know, change the way they do their finance, change the way they do their investing. Mm-hmm. So from a spiritual standpoint, if it's all for free, I think that's also looking up, you know, call it God, universe, whatever you have an orientation to that spiritual relationship. And it's basically saying it's free, which means nothing. It's of no value. Yeah. I mean, I mean, very. Uh, I think yeah, I'm it's sorry. A, Extraordinary. No, no. So it's. I think it's about value, and um, I think now on the other side, I think some people are absolutely charging ridiculous prices, and they don't provide high value. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's yeah, that's just a shopper's education. I think you know the consumer needs to get educated and uh, understand what it is they truly want. You know, it's like any weight loss program. I mean, let's take it out of my conversation with money. You know, uh, think of all the online weight loss programs and all the crap that's online and how few people make it. 
when people buy in, I mean, you look at Weight Watchers, you know, Oprah's now being a spokesperson for them, right? Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> it's a it's a small pay-to-play model, but there's high accountability in it. Even if it's a small amount, mm -hmm. there's some accountability. People have an interesting accountable orientation to their wallet. Mm -hmm. And whether it's health, whether it's wealth, whether it's, you know, getting their haircut, getting a massage, it's an interesting measure, I'll call it. Mm -hmm. And without it, then how do you measure? How do you have, uh, really give me, it's what creates an economy, mm -hmm. right? Is the movement of dollars and the movement of money to the mm -hmm. things that people want. Mm -hmm. So the more you provide people what they want, the more money you'll make. Uh, the more you provide quality, the extraordinary more money you make. Yeah, absolutely. Very well said. Um, you know, you 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 often say that you know deep down inside you know the reason why people are, are many people are afraid to ask to be paid for something is because they don't believe they deserve it. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Let's kind of drill into that. Yeah. So I think um, again, there's and I, I always say you know I came in as a single mom. You know, 34, mm -hmm. I, I chose to be a single mom. You know, he didn't want to be a dad. I said I'm going to have my son and. Mm -hmm. So off we went, learning to be, and now I teach many, many, many. You know, right now I have like, you know, sixty-two percent of the marketplace is my is my student because I know how to be a wealthy single parent. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm constantly sought after to teach parents how to be single parents and Very how to admirable. do this and how to make money. Start with a free audiobook. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to click on the Audible banner to get your free audiobook. You may not have a lot of free time, but you can definitely listen to a book on a plane, on the bus, or even while you're driving. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to click on the Audible banner to get your free audiobook. Start reaching the finish line with your free audiobook. But there's this thing, especially with women, you know, I say I always come as a woman body and a single mom, like all these things. People say, oh, I'm sorry that happened to you. I say, I'm not sorry. It all happened for a reason. So there's a message just in that is whatever's happened to you. So what now? What is it? What's your gift in all that thing that happened to you? Mm -hmm. And for me, it is teaching people about this conversation because I think everyone does have a gift and everyone does have um, something that's of high value that they could serve someone else's life. Mm -hmm. And if they don't ask for the money and they don't create a value to it, they're ripping people off, mm -hmm. right? I truly believe that. I think it's a spiritual principle. It's an economic principle. And um, I just think because people aren't trained in this, mm -hmm. that, uh, and then there's this other side of thinking people are arrogant when they talk like that, like the way that I speak sometimes people say, oh, well, she's so arrogant. I'm not arrogant. I'm just damn confident. Mm -hmm. Like I know that I'll change lives. And I, and I, I take a huge stand for entrepreneurs who have great things. Like there's so many great you know, technical experts, there's great web designers, there's great social media experts, the, mm -hmm. you know, the people that connect us, you know, our, our PR teams, I mean, that's what their gift is. Mm -hmm. So they have huge, you know, if they don't have a value to it, they won't put dollars on it, which means they actually aren't ever going to grow and they're always going to struggle. So why people think they don't deserve it is honestly, where does it all start? It starts at childhood. Mm -hmm. So if you have parents that have a really low psychology around this conversation and money, which is why I teach parents to start having better conversations at home. Mm -hmm. Like here's how, here's how it starts at a very subtle level. And this is stuff, you know, I've learned from Bob Proctor and John D. Martini and all my, you know, secret friends that do the, the mindset side of it and the spiritual side mm -hmm. is if you, you know, say to a child, you know, we can't afford it. The way that's actually interpreted to them is that I'm not worth it and I don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. Not that we can't afford it because the checkbook doesn't have the money today. Mm -hmm. It's you don't ask for it. 
because and you got to kind of follow the sentence through so the way that's interpreted too, especially children under eight mm-hmm. when they hear those words they're interpreting that they're not worth it and they don't deserve it and then you know you look at most adults they spend a lifetime you know fixing that problem and realizing that they are worth it and they do deserve it and they do have high value and they can provide enormous products and services to other people's lives and it can't come for free that's just the way the system was designed now if it was all done and you know, the 1800s in a different way, then we may, maybe we'd be teaching something different. But it's the way that it's designed. You mentioned, you know, the election with Trump being the president and the pure-blooded entrepreneur. You know, a lot of uh, people said to me, they said, you know, but don't you want a woman as a president? I said, yeah, just not that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do. I love a woman as a president. Just not that one. What I'd also like, which no one gave him credit for, is the first, since Roosevelt, the first entrepreneur who paid his own way to the White House. He Indeed. wasn't bought by big. He wasn't bought by big corporates. He's not, you know, funded by some foundation that's corrupt. He's not. He's just pure-blooded funded it. Yes. And, and that's going to bring a very great thing to the entrepreneurs of America. Now I don't know what's going to happen to the world. I've traveled with him. I'm not going to speak to that. But the the good thing to, that I, you know, I, you know, I talk to a lot of media about is that the entrepreneurs and the wealth builders and the investors mm-hmm. are going to have a hell of an next four-year ride. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think that's the reason why a lot of people did vote for him. I mean, they vote for him because, you know, he was an outsider. He was not he was not establishment. As you stated, you know, basically he funded his whole campaign. And, you know, he didn't sound like everyone else. I mean, obviously, there was a lot of things that he said that, you know, that anger a lot of people. But also there was a lot of things he said that really you know, gave people hope and really, uh, really uh, encouraged those people to vote for him. So it's definitely, uh, without a doubt, it's going to be interesting uh, to see what he does uh, in the next four uh, years. And um, and I, I definitely, I definitely think he has a great business mind that can definitely. Uh, you know, shape the economy in a better way, you know, as opposed to currently, you know, we're like, I don't know what is that to this point, I think it's like $17 trillion in debt. Uh, so uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to see uh, how it all plays out uh, in the next uh, four years. And, and, and it seems to be, you know, from what I've seen on the news, it seems to be that uh, he, he's, uh, he's kind of, uh, you know, opened up a little bit. It's kind of like, you know, been a bit more, uh, uh, um, uh, a cooperative to work with other people uh, as far as from the other parties. So, uh, yeah, again, very curious yeah. to see uh, how yep. that plays out. Kind of going to the next point. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah uh, I just want to kind of put uh, you put a dot on because I feel like I kind of waved over to the Trump conversation. Versus, oh, for sure. You know, the, the deservability conversation, if I had one action for those listening, is, I mean, it starts at home. If you're already an adult or even your teenage years, it's, uh, it's just real, re- realizing your value. And, the fastest way that I teach people how to do that is be around other people mm-hmm. who also see what they're providing as value. The more you're in a high value conversation mm-hmm. instead of, you know, what's not working and that sucks and nobody's buying my product. Well, nobody's going to buy from a naysayer and a negative human. So mm-hmm. be around the people who know they provide value and be around this conversation that having money actually changes a lot of lives. For sure. And and- you can't change other lives if you can't change your own household so really say you're about other lives then get in the game yeah definitely and you know you're definitely a a great person to be around so if 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 you are listening listening in you know getting plugged into laurel's community is definitely uh will be could be a great foundation uh kind of going to the next point uh, laurel you know a a lot of people you know they have not got started yet 
You know, so, you know, how do people find, you know, I mean, they're passionate. They want to be an entrepreneur. They get tired of, you know, the nine to five lifestyle and, you know, kind of, you know, having bipolar, you know, bosses. You know, how does a person find what they're good at? Because a lot of times people say, oh, well, I'll just do this because it makes money. or I'll just do this because it makes money, you know. But oftentimes, you know, passion does play a part in it. So how does a person uh, not only, uh, you know, how, you know, I mean, you know, if a, if, a person, if a person has multiple passions, you know, you know, how ultimately do they find what they're good at and how they can actually create a lucrative business for themselves? That's great. So, I, I mean, I always say, you know, I, a passion will come. You have some passion in you. And if you don't, don't think you do, just notice, you know, the activity I give people is just kind of logs your journal stuff down every, every day. Like, what are you noticing you gravitate towards? Mm-hmm. Now, if it's the couch and overeating and, you know, things that aren't, you know, that are all about you and you not contributing, then that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for like, what are the things, you know, do you love fixing cars? Do you love, you know, doing house, you know, things around the house? I mean, like handyman kind of, I, I love... The amount of handyman and rehab businesses that happen out of sheer hobbies, because, you know, men who love to do that, I always say, or even women who love to do that, uh, you know, I say, go be a rehabber. We're on the greatest, you know, real estate recovery, you know, on the planet. You're just playing at a small game. So I think gravitate towards the thing. Like if you tend to do art, if you tend to um, always be like women tend to always be like the therapist or the coach to their other friends. And I said, start charging for it and you'll start cleaning that whole relationship up. So gravitate towards the things that you like, like you obviously love to interview people, like a lot of people love to write. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to talk. <laughs> so uh-huh. gravitate and notice the things that you're really just, you're naturally good at. Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> what I find, like I, I was just recently coaching some writers and they they love the writing, but they weren't passionate about it because they, they, they tied it to the money. And I said, well, here's the truth. The money comes when you're a better marketer and salesperson, mm-hmm. right? And you're tying your... Um, your writing to your inability to be an entrepreneur. So let's focus on marketing and sales and becoming a better entrepreneur. Then the cash will come and then you'll like the writing again. Uh So I think a lot of times people collapse like teachers do that. Teachers, I don't know how many teachers I've coached out of teaching or even doctors. They say, well, I'm tired of being a doctor. I say, you really tired of being a doctor? Uh Are you trying of all the entrepreneurial side of it? So find a manager if you don't want to be the entrepreneur. Find the salesperson if you don't want to be the entrepreneur. But um, I think the passion comes when the money and the thing you love to do find each other. And a lot of times you got to kind of sort through that for a while. And I think people expect it to happen overnight. And like, I loved the financial conversation, but I didn't know how to make a lot of money at it. So, you know, during my journey, I spent five years as a, you know, really as a rich dad, poor dad advisor in that group. And I was doing game nights. So I really got great at the financial conversation. At the same time, I was learning to be a great entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And then when I started to live out loud in 2001, then that was it. That, then I, everybody said, well, you just found your passion. Well, not really. I kind of walked through some years of loving the thing I was doing, but not knowing how to do it as well as a business owner. Mm-hmm. So I think when those find each other and the money comes because you love the thing, then you become that passionate entrepreneur. I don't think they come in one big box. I think they come in separate little boxes. You got to put the parts together, right? Which is, I think, what, you know, why, why we exist at Live Out Loud is to help you put those pieces together. A lot of people don't know how to put those pieces together. Uh-huh. And I think a lot of people, and I think, unfortunately, some people teach this that I totally don't agree with it, uh-huh. is just, you know, do your passion or build it and they will come. But they are not coming. Like I said, <laughs> components to this game, and it's got to be built right. You've got to have the right team. You've got to have the right stuff. In fact, 
um, we have on our you know docket, actually I'm recording it next week. It says build it and I guarantee they're not coming mm-hmm. because they're not coming just because you're really great at one thing. You know, you, you're going to have to go find the market. You're going to have to appeal to that market. The markets are very crowded right now. Entrepreneurs are starting up every day. And I think we're going to be more incented to start more and more businesses, which, you know, stimulates the economy. Indeed. Want the full episode? You can get it when you become our premium radio subscriber. Go to reachingthefinishline.com forward slash buy to get your subscription today. What do you get? You get things like early access to the episodes, commercial-free one-hour episodes, mastermind calls with our guests, freebies from our guests, as well as much more. Go to reachingthefinishline.com forward slash buy to get your premium subscription for it's another way for you to start reaching your finish line. So I, I think gravitate to the thing that you, you like to do that you're really good at. Mm-hmm. And in your first business, the other advice I always give people is in your first business, do the thing that's easiest for you. Like I don't know how many people, because I'm friends with a lot of the sharks and Kevin Harrington's a partner of mine. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people come to us with their invention idea as the first business. An invention idea is an expensive and very costly launch. So don't start with the invention model. Like have your first business be some consultative thing. Have your first business be something that's easy for you to do so you can focus on being a better entrepreneur. Indeed. But, you know, a lot of people start with like a complicated business that they don't know the thing and they don't know how to be a business owner and they wonder why it doesn't work. Again, this thing comes in components and it's a system you've got to build. Um, we, people do it all day long. So don't hear that it's some complicated thing and only if you figure it out. Um, I mean, there's successful entrepreneurs in every town around the entire world, mm-hmm. but if you're going to start with an invention, that's, I always say, don't start with an invention and don't start with the charity. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the two, the, they're the toughest ones to start. You're starting out nonprofit in, in just principle. So that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So I always say those are the two worst starter points. Not that they can't be done. They've been done by many, but if somebody wants to launch quickly, you get to cash, like you know, our whole theme is how do you ask for the cash and gets the cash fast? Mm-hmm. Fast, do the stuff that's easy for you. Do yeah. the stuff that's natural. Build a website for somebody. You say, well, I don't want to build a website. Build them for six months. Become a great entrepreneur and then grow from there. Just yeah. do stuff that's easy while you're learning to be a good entrepreneur. Wow. Great insights. You know, I mean, and, and, and I like to call it micro businesses because that's basically essentially is you're doing kind of one simple thing. You know, you, you know, whether you become known for building websites or, as you stated before, consulting or, you know, you can write a book, you know, you, you, you can kind of you, you kind of launch a, a speaking career, consulting career off of that uh, or or or, you know, nowadays YouTube channel. I mean, there's so many directions that a person could take it. And I definitely agree. You know, you know, doing something that you naturally already familiar with uh it's definitely going to be easier uh and perhaps second business you want to go off and you know do something a bit more challenging or you know you know as 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 a way to challenge yourself for it to be somewhat exciting you can definitely uh do that as well uh there there were several things you say that i definitely want to you know hop into this question and just allow you to take it in different directions so what once a person find out you know what they're good at. You know, I think the next, I think oftentimes the next challenge, Laurel, is people 
you know, they have a hard time pricing things right. You know, because you, you talked about earlier how, how people, they charge exorbitant prices and really the value really doesn't match the price. And, and oftentimes people, sometimes they say, well, you know, I don't, I don't really know what price to charge, so I'm just going to get away for free. You know, now oftentimes, you know, that can hurt people, you know, in the long run because they're not really making any money. You know, I mean, uh, you know, so how do, how do, um, how do entrepreneurs uh start to because uh, i know it could be different realms eventions uh any uh, consulting i know it could go different ways but i definitely would like for you to explore that how can entrepreneurs uh price things properly well i would say go to i mean that's we have this you know lovely thing called the internet mm -hmm. um and somebody's already done something close enough or exactly what you're doing mm -hmm. So, you know, research your market, like who's your, uh, you know, I don't think there's any pure competition because no one does the exact same thing, but what are other people charging in that, in that market space? Mm -hmm. So what are other people charging? Where's the value proposition? Mm -hmm. um, I always say price, you know, with, I wouldn't say price. I'm, I never am a fan of pricing the cheapest mm -hmm. because A, you're never going to make a margin and you're telling people that you're not worth it. So I would say, you know, price fair. And if nothing else, price high, mm -hmm. because create distinctions to the market. Like in our work, what I do is I don't teach you just how to make money. I teach you how to invest it and then how to keep it through trusts and corporate structures and tax. So I do like real financial services. Mm -hmm. So that's my distinction. So I can price higher mm -hmm. because I'm providing a very unique com combined service. So when you can combine, like I use a web designer, like if you're just going to build a website, then that's great. But if you really want to provide high value, what's it take to get a website up? It takes great copy. Mm -hmm. It takes videography. It mm -hmm. takes photography. It takes graphic layout. So if you can provide somebody that whole package, then you should price, you know, what I call fair and have higher value. So you always want to price up. And as we come to a close, Laurel, if people want to follow you, contact you, uh, any, uh, any other things that you're offering, tell people how they can do that. So you're going to go to asklaurel.com. A-S-K-L-O-R-A-L.com. Those of you who want a whole bunch of gifts. So I have uh, what's called Put More Cash in Your Pocket. It's a uh, eight hours with me on how to be that beginning startup entrepreneur. So I have that there. I have a Never Pay Your Kid an Allowance. I have a bunch of videos. So I have a whole bunch of free gifts. So it's asklaurel.com forward slash gifts. So you go to asklaurel.com forward slash gifts, get a whole bunch of free stuff. And then go back to asklaurel to the main page. And if you scroll down a little bit, you can ask me any question you want. And if I don't get back to you, my team gets back to you and we will jump on live phone calls with anybody to help, you know, serve your life and move you forward into uh, whatever you're doing. And then mark your calendar January 10th from four to six for two hours. I will be live answering all those questions in big categorical because I've I already have over 4000 questions out there. So don't let that scare you. Just keep asking. Ask something unique and it'll, you know, come live. But a lot of times people, you know, I have like 500 questions around real estate stuff. And so. You know, I have a whole team that consolidates and says, okay, of the 500, how many are unique questions that if I answered, I can kind of get to all of them. So it doesn't matter what your question is. Don't think it's a stupid question. Um, ask in any category that you want. Um, you know, the new thing I'm interviewed for all the time, not only being a single parent, but now I have a commuter marriage. My husband's in Calgary, Canada. And how do we have international money? And how do we do all that? Like ask any question. I'm very transparent. So go to askworld.com. And that's at any time, all the time. That is a 24-7 constant flow of uh, ask, asking and answering questions for you mm -hmm. um, but go to the dot com forward slash gifts g-i-f-t-s and i have a whole bunch of thousand dollars of gifts for you for free just to get to know me in this conversation and uh, if i irritated you in the conversation then you should for sure go because i meant i pushed some buttons that you know you need to go look at 
But I do push a lot of people's buttons because <laughs> I just say what's so. I have no filter, <laughs> have no filter and won't get one. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, again, that's what I love about you, Laura. And just the and, and, and Laura, I know you had the, the call on January 10th. If people can't make the call, is that call going to be recorded? It absolutely will be. And so make sure when you're in the Ask Laurel part where you're asking a question, say, you know, I want to register. I can't make it. Um, here's my email uh, to send me the recording. So make sure you're very, you know, transparent with us and don't give us some false email or some crap that you we can't get through to you. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and the other thing, too, I just oh, I, that was, this is so new. I keep forgetting to remind people. If you go to any of the app store, you go to iTunes. I have a new app called Ask Laurel. Oh, okay. So, and we're still developing. It's pretty raw, um, but it's an Ask Laurel app. It'll give us all. It'll give you all my event schedule. Um, and starting next week, I will be personally shooting video and going live into communication with people because what I I just know this conversation's got to come to the world. And the faster people can just talk through an app and not you know bother with emails and text and phone numbers. So we'll be in an Ask Laurel conversation inside the app starting next week. So download it now. There's, it's not a lot to it right now, but get it so it's on your phone. And then as I post, um, little notifications will come to your phone to say, you know, Laurel sent you another message. So then you'll be able to respond back and we will be all live together. So that's a brand new thing. We're just starting. Um, so download Ask Laurel. Uh, go to the uh, Google Play Store. Go to mm-hmm. your App Store. Go to iTunes. So we're super excited about that. Great. And, and, and you'll have like your travel schedule or event schedule on that app as well. So people, if they want to, you know, kind of meet you in person, they can, uh, they can, they can, they can uh, be notified of that. Absolutely. And I'm probably one of the, you know, higher level. I call it A-listers, right? That mm-hmm. have a pretty big brand, but I'm very available. I do a lot of free previews, a lot of free shows. Um, and just the, the regions I like this whole month, I'm in Salt Lake city and then I'm in Southern Cal. Then I move into Phoenix, Vegas. Um, I'm always in Calgary cause my husband's there, I see. uh, our, our North family. So, uh, and then through the summer and the fall, we head back East. So that's kind of our schedule. We go West mainly cause I like to stay by my skiing and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we are a ski family. For sure. Awesome. Thank you for listening another great episode by Callan Diggs, best-selling author and career strategist as seen at Fast Company and Inc. Magazine. If you're not on an email list, you're missing out. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and subscribe to get all the exclusives.